what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Every problem that you and I could possibly have, Jesus addressed it at Calvary's cross. David's great conquest was a foreshadow of what Jesus Christ would do for you and I. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, would you turn with me please to the book of First Chronicles. The book of First Chronicles, chapter 18. First Chronicles 18, beginning with the first verse. First Chronicles 18, verse 1. Now after this it came to pass that David smote the Philistines and subdued them and took Gath and her towns out of the hands of the Philistines. And he smote Moab and the Moabites became David's servants and brought gifts. And David smote Hadar-Rezer, king of Zobah, unto Hamath as he went to establish his dominion by the river Euphrates. Move down, if you will, to verse 7. And David took the shields of gold that were on the servants of Hadar-Rezer and brought them to Jerusalem, likewise from Tibhath and from Chum, the cities of Hadar-Rezer, brought David very much brass, wherewith Solomon made the brazen sea and the pillars and the vessels of brass. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, David's great conquest. David's great conquest. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that is under the sound of my voice right now. And Lord, you know the needs of your people, I do not. And Lord, you have given me words to give to your people. And I pray, O Lord, that through these words today that the needs will be met. Lord, that the people will be drawn closer to you. Anoint me today to rightly divide this word of truth and to present this message in such a way that the least among us, whomever that may be, may be able to hear Receive and understand your word. And Lord, we are just careful to give you praise and glory for all that you have done and for all that you are going to do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. All of David's great conquest began right after he became the king over all of Israel. His very first conquest was the Jebusite stronghold of Zion, what we know as Jerusalem. The Jebusites had built a stronghold right there in the very heart of Israel. 
And the strange thing about it is that on several occasions in the not-too-distant past, this particular area had been conquered. And no one, after this area was conquered, no one stepped in and staked a claim on the land. No one decided to move in and build a house and to occupy and possess this area. And as a result, the Jebusites, over a period of time, moved back in and developed a stronghold there. And I said all of that to say this. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, won a great victory for every single human being who has ever lived. The victory was won at Calvary's cross. And you need to stake a claim on that of which Jesus did 2,000 years ago, and you need to move in and stake a claim and occupy, build yourself up in that which Jesus paid such an awful price for you and I to have. You need to occupy it. You need to maintain it. I'm going to have it. It's mine. And I'm not going to let anybody take it away from me. But because Israel did not move in and occupy that area, the Jebusites moved back in and there was a stronghold there. If you do not stake a claim on the finished work of Christ and make up your mind that you're going to have all of that for which Jesus paid for you to have, there will be strongholds in your life. And David took that stronghold of Zion, Jerusalem, made it his headquarters. And right after Jerusalem was secured, Hiram, the king of Tyre, I believe it is, sent cedar wood and carpenters and they built David a house. And during this building process, David gave the orders for the tabernacle to be found and set up. And after a modicum of searching, they found the tabernacle along with all of its furnishings. They set it up, but the ark of God was missing. And so they did some more searching, and finally they found the ark of God, and evidence is they found it sitting out in a field with weeds growed up all around it. And David had a new cart built, and the ark was set upon that new cart, and as it was brought into the city, the oxen shook the cart, and Uzzah put forth his hand to steady the ark, and God smote him there. God has a divine order in which things are to be done and carried out. And if we do not go according to the word of God and do things God's way, death will be the end result. 
So David did some searching and he found out how the ark of God was to be transported. And the priest bring the ark in and now it is sitting in the Holy of Holies. And David is now sitting in his beautiful house of cedar. And his mind goes to the ark of God which is sitting in a tabernacle made of curtains. The tabernacle had to be portable. It didn't look like much. It was just a bunch of badger skins draped over a wooden frame that could be broken down and moved and then set back up again as the children of Israel would move from place to place. But now that Israel had become a little bit more established, and David is now the king, and he has his headquarters there in Jerusalem, David had a desire to build a temple that would better represent God, something that would be a little bit more permanent, more substantial, if you will. And let me say this about that. You can have a desire for God, but it not be exactly what God wants you to do. Let me say that again. You can have a desire, a godly desire, to do something in the church, or you see a need in the church, and whatever the case, but it not be exactly what God intends for you to do. It's just enough to get you moving in the right direction. See, David had it in his mind that he was going to hire carpenters and get materials brought in and build God a temple. That was the end result, but that's not exactly what God wanted David to do. And God moved upon the prophet Nathan. And Nathan the prophet was given a message by God. You tell David that I've been walking in this tabernacle since the day I brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And I have spoken unto the judges, to the children of Israel, from then until now. But now I have taken David from tending the sheep, and I have cut off his enemies, and I have made him a great name in all the earth. And I have chosen him to be a ruler over my people Israel. And you tell David, the land is not secure yet, but I will make a place for my people Israel. I will plant them in a place, and the children of wickedness will not come in and afflict them anymore. God was in essence telling David, your job is not in the actual building of the temple. Your job is to secure the land so that your son Solomon can build the temple. And in that great prophecy found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, 
God revealed to David that Solomon would build the temple. Also revealed to David that his kingdom would be established forever, which points to the Redeemer of mankind, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Through David's family would come the Redeemer of mankind. What an honor. What a privilege to be able to be used of God to bring forth the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an honor and a privilege that every single one of you under the sound of my voice right now, you have it. You can bring forth the Lord Jesus Christ to others and have an impact as it pertains to the work of God. And from that time forward, David began to possess the boundaries that God promised to Abraham. He began to conquer different areas. Those boundaries consisted of all of modern-day Syria. It went as far east as the Euphrates River, taking in half of modern-day Iraq. It took in all of the Arab Peninsula, which then it was just desert land. It didn't look like very much. It was of very little use to David. Oh, but right up under the surface of all of that desert is oil. It didn't do David much good then, but God had something good right up under the surface. And let me tell you something today. I want everything that God has for me to have. Although it don't look like very much on the surface, when you get right below it, underneath it, God's got something good that He wants you to have. Although you don't see it. It's desert land. Nothing can live. Nothing can exist there. But God's got something good for you. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I want everything God's got for me to have. I don't care what it looks like. I want it. And David smote the Philistines, if you'll look there in verse 1. Most of Israel's enemies were outward but the philistines were that inward foe that inward enemy they, they caused israel more problems than anyone else saul never did defeat the philistines and he lost a 40-year battle with the philistines on mount gilboa and they killed saul if you do not defeat the enemy within, the sin nature, the enemy without is subject to destroy you. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. If you do not defeat the enemy within, that sin nature, that compulsion within to do that which is against God... If that thing is not dealt with, if that Philistine of the sin nature is not addressed, then the enemy without will destroy you. 
The Bible says that David took Gath and all of the towns of the Philistines. Gath was that area of the giants. Goliath came from Gath. Every single one of you listening to me right now, sooner or later, you're going to face a giant. A situation that is intimidating. It's bigger than you are. And it's threatening to destroy you. And you don't know what to do about it. If you go this way, you're condemned. If you go that way, you're condemned. You're caught between the rock and the hard place. And you're facing this giant that taunts you every day. You don't know what to do. I come to tell you today that Jesus Christ, our heavenly David, took Gath, the land of the giants. He took it when he died on Calvary. I don't care what situation you find yourself in. And some of you, I know for a fact you're going through some hard times. You're facing things that you've never had to face before. And as bad as the end result may seem to be, there's nothing worse than being dead and buried. But I've come to tell you, Jesus Christ defeated and overcame being dead and buried. Glory to God. I said, you know somebody that overcame being dead and buried. And if he can overcome that situation, he can overcome any giant that you're facing. And then the Bible says that David smote the Moabites. In 2 Samuel chapter 8, it includes the Ammonites in there. Who are these folks? In the 19th chapter of the book of Genesis, we read where God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He sent two angels to get Lot and his family out before the fire of God fell. And as Lot and his family were leaving the area and the fire of God fell, the Bible says that Lot's wife looked back and was turned into a pillar of salt. And as you read on down in that 19th chapter of the book of Genesis, you'll find where Lot and his two daughters moved on up into the mountains and they lived in a cave. And one night his two daughters got him drunk and committed the sin of incest with their father and the end result was the Moabites and the Ammonites they are a type of the flesh and they also played their part in causing Israel all kind of problems and I come to tell you today your biggest problem is this flesh right here that you live in it's not your husband or your wife or your pastor, your son or your daughter or that boss at work. Your biggest problem is this flesh. 
And David smote the Moabites. God's victory over you is the greatest victory that you will ever have. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. See, some of you in here are wrestling with God. You know what you need to do. God moves on you from time to time to get out of that pew and come up here to this altar and pray and seek God and, and, and pray through. But you sit there and you don't do it. And there are things going on and you, you, don't, you, don't, you just don't want to get up and be a spectacle or whatever the case. God's been dealing with some of you to get saved. And you've not stepped out and come forward and done what you know you need to do. You're wrestling with God. Stop wrestling with God and do what He wants you to do. Because God's victory over you is the greatest victory that you will ever have. And David smote the Moabites, and he made some of them servants, and they brought gifts to him. Being a servant of God is the greatest thing that you can ever do. And to let God use your gifts and your talents for the upbuilding of His kingdom. Believe me, the benefits are out of this world. Glory to God. All right. He smote Hadar Rezer, verse 3. Hadar Rezer. His name means my little demon helper. That's what it means. My little demon helper. And he was the king of Zobah. Zobah means stationed. These people that sat under the leadership of Hadar Rezer, they worshipped demon spirits and David smote it when Jesus Christ died on Calvary he dealt with every demon devil fallen angel sickness sin everything he dealt with every bit of it on Calvary's cross Dana if you will put it up on the screen Colossians 2 and 15 the Bible says that he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it every problem that you and I could possibly have, Jesus addressed it at Calvary's cross. David's great conquest was a foreshadow of what Jesus Christ would do for you and I. Let me ask this question. How much land, spiritually speaking now, how much land are you currently possessing? God has promised quite a large area for you and I, but how much of it are we truly possessing? Have you taken everything that God intends for you to have? Are you still losing your temper? 
Are you still fighting the flesh, the lust of the flesh, pornography, alcohol, drugs, lottery tickets? Do you have everything that God intends for you to have, or is there still something out there that you need to lay a claim on? Verses 7 and 8. First Chronicles 18. The Bible says that David took the shields of gold and he took the brass. The shields of gold and the brass is a type of you and I. These shields of gold and this brass was used in the heathenistic worship of other gods was once used for the devil's work. But David took all of that because now he wants to use it for God's work. And his son Solomon would later take all of that gold and that brass and he would use it in the building of the temple. But wait a minute. Before the gold and the brass could be used in any building project for God, it had to go through a process. And if you'll come back next Sunday morning, I'll tell you what that process is. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 299 4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab it's easy and all donations are safe and secure through paypal you can also mail us at established in the faith p.o box 601 bailey north carolina 27807 we look forward to hearing from you I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 